Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he, Christ, made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 1 John 2, 2 says, And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now, I must hasten to say, this verse does not teach universalism. This verse does not teach universalism. You say, what is that? That all people ultimately will be saved. No, many will choose to reject Jesus Christ. They reject his love. They reject the Bible. They reject the church. Uh, they reject the testimony. They reject the, the witness of Christ. And, 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 and they will damn their souls to hell because they willfully rejected Jesus Christ. This verse does not teach universalism that all people ultimately will be saved because forgiveness of sin comes to everyone who repents and believes the gospel. Everyone who repents and believes the gospel. If a person doesn't repent and believe the gospel, they will not be saved. So this, this erroneous doctrine that everybody's going to heaven regardless, that's straight from the pits of hell. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross made salvation available for everyone, but everyone will not embrace the Lord Jesus Christ, even though the gospel is available to them. Did you get that? Uh, let me give you some scriptures on that. Jesus made a, the gospel available to everyone, whether they're in America, Canada, Africa, South America, New Zealand, Russia, China, wherever. The gospel is available to everyone, but only those who trust Jesus Christ alone by faith through grace will be saved. Let me give you a number of scriptures. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 47 says, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Look at that. To all nations, beginning at Jerusalem and from Jerusalem to all nations. See, the gospel available to everyone. Acts 17.30 says, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. You know, I've been I've been on that word repentance lately because we don't hear that in the church. And repentance is vital and it's absent from modern day churches. And I wonder why. And that's why we don't have transformation in the congregation for the most part, because people aren't truly repenting. It says truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Acts 319 says repent. There it is again. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The gospel is available to everyone. 
but yet not everyone will believe and receive. Hebrews 2, 9 says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone, for everyone. First Timothy chapter two, verses three and four says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of truth. But there are people who are arrogant, even teenagers and even young children that are old enough to know right from wrong. They say, I don't want Jesus. I'm the, I, I don't believe in God. And they question God and dismiss God. Let me tell you something. Hell is real. And don't you let Satan deceive you into thinking that there is no hell. Hell is real as this black ball man headed man is standing up here today. If, if I'm real standing up here, hell is real. And hell and heaven is as real as uh, hell. And heaven is as real as hell. And all of humanity, the totality of humanity is either going to heaven or hell. Now, you can deceive yourself if you want to with your little smart thinking self, thinking you got it together and you come up with your own little theories and concoctions about why there is no hell and then bust hell wide open. Once you get down there, you'll never be able to get out. No jailbreaks in hell. No plea bargains in hell. Mama can't do nothing for you. Daddy can't do nothing for you. The preacher can't do nothing for you. And you're there forever. That's why I preach so hard. Hell is real. It is real. And Satan's greatest tactic on humanity is to deceive them into thinking that there is no hell. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, you, you, you have to dismiss a whole lot to go to hell. You, you got to dismiss the preacher. That stands and preach. That's how you get to hell. Just, I, I don't believe him. I don't believe him. You gotta dismiss this Bible. And you'll bust hell wide open. I don't need the church. Church don't mean nothing. I come when I want to. Well, maybe I, uh, the church has no redemptive value. You're deceived. And that's a lie from the pits of hell. You know why people are confused about church attendance? They don't even realize the redemptive value of the church and they don't realize that Jesus is the originator of the church. They don't realize that the church is the bride of Christ and God is going to one day not rapture some organization out of the world. He didn't say he was going to organize a rapture uh, USAA or uh, the Marines or uh, the uh, army or uh, uh, some sorority or fraternity. He's going to rapture. No, 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 no. Some academic scholar. You can have a PhD and go to hell. 
Matter of fact, you can have a Ph.D. in theology and still go to hell. You can have intellectual knowledge without an experience, a real actual experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. You got head knowledge that hasn't gone to the heart. And that's the worst way to go. You know all the doctrines of the Bible, but you don't know the person of the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, my friends, the scripture does not say believe on the Lord and speak in tongues. It does not say believe on the Lord and be a good moral person. It does not say believe on the Lord and do good works. The scripture does not say believe on the Lord and adhere to religious tradition. Acts 1631 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You say that's narrow. And well, thank God is narrow. Thank God. When somebody say you narrow minded Christian, I say, praise God. I'm not on Broadway Street. Narrow is the way into the kingdom. Oh, God, thank you for the narrow way. Join us on Sunday, July 18th for Youth Emphasis Day. You will be extremely blessed on this special occasion as you witness Maranatha's youth lead and conduct Maranatha services, beginning with Sunday school at 9 a.m., followed by our worship celebration at 10 a.m. Number four, the fourth way you can know that you have salvation, obedience to God's commandments. Obedience to God's commandments is a sure sign that we possess genuine salvation. Obedience to God's commandments is a sure sign that we possess genuine salvation. First John chapter two, verse three says, now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. You see, my friends, keeping the commandments, which is is the word of God. When we say commandments, we're not just talking about we're not just talking about thou shalt not kill, steal. Uh, honor your parents and all, all those things are good. But when, when it says keeping the commandments, it's talking about keeping the word of God, the totality of the word of God, which validates that we have ge- a genuine relationship with Christ. As we read and put the word of God into practice, it results in spiritual growth and maturity. As we read the word of God and put it into practice, it results in wisdom from Christ. As we read and internalize the word of God, it increases our faith in Christ. It provides spiritual power and passion for Christ. The word of God renews your zeal and your passion for Christ. Obedience to God's word is proof of our love for Christ. Obedience to God's word is proof of our love for Christ. I like one of my favorite commentators is Warren Wiersbe, who went home to be with the Lord a few years ago. In his commentary, he stated, and I quote, there are three motives for obedience. We can obey because we have to, because we need to, or because we want to. A slave obeys because he has to. If he doesn't obey, he will be punished. An employee obeys because he needs to. He may not enjoy his work, but he does enjoy getting a paycheck. He needs to obey because he has a family to feed and clothe. But a Christian is to obey his heavenly father because he wants to. For the relationship between him and God is one of love. 
unquote. John 14, 15 states, if you love me, keep my commandments. Obedience to God's word is what gives us the assurance of our salvation. There is no assurance apart from obedience to Christ. First John 2, 5 also says, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. The believer who is complete and mature in Christ is one who keeps God's word and has the love of God perfected in his life. Perfected means the believer's life has reached spiritual maturity. The believer who continues to live in obedience to God's word has a growing relationship with Christ. When you continue to grow in relationship to God's word and in Christ, you have intimacy with Christ and reveals the genuineness of his love for Christ. Beloved, you express your love for Christ through being obedient to his word. Satan can keep your spiritual life derailed if he can keep you habitually in doubt about your salvation, which will result in your inability to reach and live to your fullest potential for Christ. Number five, when a believer is purposeful in harmonizing his life with, with the scripture, it validates his salvation. When a believer is purposeful in harmonizing his life with the scripture, it validates his salvation. John had no problem calling those who claim to know Christ but refuse to keep his commandment a liar who do not possess the truth. I mean, John called him out. A man's words must be tested by his works. A man's words must be tested by his works. When his conduct contradicts his profession, in other words, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I'm a saint, I'm a child of God, but his conduct does not reflect that. When his conduct contradicts his profession, it proves him to be a liar. I'm just, don't get mad at me, I'm just a mailman, I'm just delivering the message. That isn't that, the word of God says you're a liar if you're saying you're a Christian, but you're living a lie. It says you're a liar. That's strong language. First John 2, 4 says, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Don't tell me you don't understand the Bible. Since only God knows who is really saved, you know, only God, stop, 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 stop putting people in the saved and lost category. God is the all wise judge. And one day he's going to answer, you know, and everybody got to stand before God. Because you, you got there are a lot of folk who look saved that ain't saved. Talk saved, ain't saved. You see what I'm saying? Profess to be saved and not saved. Since only God knows who is really saved, the only indication that gives evidence that a person is saved is when they keep the commandments of God, which is the uh, external visible proof of salvation since only God knows the heart. Did y'all get that? That is so big. I must repeat it. Since only God knows who is really saved, only God knows that. The only indication that gives evidence that a person is saved is when they keep the commandments of God, 
which is the external visible proof of salvation since only God knows the heart. A holy life is the outward evidence of an inward transformation that one is genuinely saved. Again, a holy life is the outward evidence of an inward transformation that one is genuinely saved. Number six, a transformed life gives evidence that we possess salvation. A transformed life gives evidence that we possess salvation. First John 2, 3 says, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. You see, to know Christ involves a personal relationship with him that transforms practical behavior. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Beloved, if you say you are transformed, but are living like the devil, then your transformation is under serious suspect. Because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, being a new creation, a new creation involves a new direction. You're not going the, the old way. You turn, you repent it, and you turn with the help of God to, to Christ's direction. A new creation is going a new direction. It is a new life, uh, a new creation. One is a new creation. You're walking a new walk. You have a new way of thinking. You're not delving into pornography and you're not looking at dirty stuff. A new creation is one who who thinks heavily, sets his mind on things above. One who is a new creation cultivates the mind of Christ. One who is a new creation is living with a kingdom purpose. Uh, when you're a new creation, you're living with a kingdom purpose. Uh, you, you, you possess a hatred of sin when you are a new creation. When you're a new creation, you live in pursuit of holiness because of being a new creation, just to name a few. Number seven, finally, but not the least. Abiding in Christ and following his example gives us the assurance of our salvation. Abiding in Christ and following his example gives us the assurance of our salvation. In first John chapter two, verse six, it says he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Did you see that there now? To abide in Christ. You say, what does it mean to abide in Christ? Uh, to abide in Christ is to remain in Christ. It, it, it is to continue in Christ. To abide in Christ is to endure in Christ through afflictions and hardships. To endure through pandemics and sufferings and sickness. To endure, to go on when you have to have surgery. To, to, go, to go on when all hell is breaking loose. When your children ain't right. You press on the upward way. You, you endure because serving Christ is worth it. To abide in Christ is also to have an unbroken fellowship with Christ. 
It is to have communion with Christ, intimacy with Christ. One who abides in Christ will walk and live as Jesus lived, which is to allow the life of Jesus Christ to be the Christian pattern for living as we follow his example. Some folk are following the wrong people and they are leading them straight to hell. We follow Christ when we do as Christ did when he was on earth. Did you get that? We follow Christ when we do as Christ did when he was on earth. Like Christ, we must possess faith. Like Christ, we must possess love. Like Christ, we must possess a fervent prayer life. Like Christ, we must live in holiness. Like Christ, we must live in submission to the will of God. Like Christ, we must live obedient to our heavenly father's will. Like Christ, we need to live a life that is self-sacrificing unto the Lord. My goodness, that's our blessed assurance that we are saved. In closing, beloved, because of the brevity of life, people are dying. Every day, it seems like I'm getting a death report either by television, or internet, radio, members, or friends, relatives. Somebody died, somebody died, somebody died, somebody died. And I told my wife, we keep hearing it, and every time somebody died, I told my wife, we're one step closer to going to heaven. That means when somebody else die, you move up. Somebody die, you move up. You say, Joe died, you move up. Susie died, you move up. The baby died, you move up. Uh, 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 Louis Palau, the great evangelist, just died the other week. You move up, and after a while, there's nowhere else to go. And then he'll call your name. <laughs> and let me tell you, when God calls your name, you're going to answer. You can't put God on hold. You can't tell God I'm not ready. When God calls, you go move. But the real question is, are you ready? Ready, set, go. I'm ready. I'm set in Christ. And I'm ready for him to say, Draper, come home. And when he calls me, I'm going to answer. And I'm not worried about nothing I left behind. I love my family. I love all those. But when you get to heaven, there's no worry anymore. Now, 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 oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I better, that's what somebody else. Stop thinking that when you get to heaven, you're going you gonna to see all your children and grandchildren and and see all what's going down the pandemic and all that. You got a panoramic view and everything. That's nowhere in your Bible. Stop that. Have them be sad. If I got to see who the politician going to be, if I got to see what's happening in the borders, if I got to see the increase in, in food costs, if I got to see the winter storm and all, what, what, why would I want to listen? God has wrapped, he, he, he has taken my spirit. You know what death is? Death is the separation of the soul spirit from the body. The, the, the spirit soul. I breathe. What I do. 
instantly my my body is physically dead. It's non-responsive. You can touch my fingers. You can touch my head. You can do all this, but don't be punching in me too hard now. You know, and I'm not going to respond. I will not say, ouch. You Why? My body is dead. It goes back to the earth. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But the essence and the reality of who I really am, that spirit so goes, in. when I take that last breath, instantly, I'm in the presence of God. And I can see, and I can hear, and I, I see, and I can experience the glories of heaven, the splendor of heaven, the relationships in heaven, all the, 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 the loved ones who are there. That, that, that's my mama over there, my daddy over there. But I say, get back. Let me see Jesus. Let me see Jesus. Then I say, look for mama and daddy and everybody else. And all God's children said, Amen. Ready, set, go! If you ain't ready, you better get ready. Because God's about to call your name. And it won't be long before you'll be leaving here. The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word, for his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.